Hello and welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. And I'm your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from Southern California. I so much appreciate you joining me and listening. As I continue to build my podcast on a firm foundation, starting with faith and hope and then obedience, this week I felt like repentance was definitely the next topic uh, that needed to be covered. I know that a lot of us can feel, and I have felt through my life, that I can't pray. I can't repent. I'm not worthy. I've done too much to be forgiven of. I've crossed too many lines. I've gone too far, and there's just no saving me. And that, I have found, is just simply untrue. For those of you who are just joining me and did not get to listen to the first podcast about my life, I will be referencing times in my life and stories, and uh, I will be going into detail on that um, for anyone who is new to this podcast so that they can understand where I'm coming from. But I want to... First of all, just express that we've heard from our prophet and apostles that that thinking is just simply untrue. There is nothing that we can do to put us so far away from our Heavenly Father and Savior Jesus Christ that we cannot be forgiven. Um. Repentance is a process, and it's a beautiful process. It's a wonderful gift that's been given to us through the infinite atonement. And we need to do the best that we can to make this a part of our lives. For instance, my husband and I, when we, well, he was baptized in 2013, and I started to go to church again in 2013. Through that process and as time had passed, we realized very quickly that repentance was something that needed to be a part of our lifestyle and that we needed to repent often and we needed to repent quickly. And so as we had discussed it and talked about the gospel and the need for repentance in our lives, um, especially because, you know, he had just come into the gospel, he was just baptized, But I think oftentimes the investigators, they understand, let's say, the principle of the doctrine, but they're still, you know, figuring out because it's not a one and done process, especially with repentance. And so we realized very quickly that this had to become a daily part of our lives and part of our lifestyle. Uh, We have been ward missionaries since we started going to church in 2013, and We have found even more so for us to be in tune with the Spirit and close to the Spirit that we have to make sure that we are repenting daily and that we are repenting often. So the rule of thumb that I use is anytime that I do something um, throughout my day that I know that my Heavenly Father would not be pleased with, I just simply quickly say in my mind or even out loud if I'm by myself in my car, Um, or, you know, at home, you know, Father, please forgive me and help me to do better and be better. And sometimes I'll even add, please help me not to bear the burden of that sin. And immediately it just makes me feel 
so much better, but that took time as I started to do it was really at the behest of my mom. I would always call and talk to my parents about decisions and choices and things that I had made, you know, in my life. And I was struggling. I had made good choices, bad choices. And I had, you know, was at the receiving end of other people's choices even. And so when I would talk to my mom um, or dad about, you know, my, my issues and the things that I was experiencing, I know my mom would always tell me to repent and to ask Heavenly Father to forgive me. But she is the one that helped me to learn to also add to that. Um, please, Father, help me not to bear the burden of this particular sin or transgression, because we know that the weight of sin and transgression can be great. It can be very heavy. It can be stifling. I know at times in my life when I have strayed so far away from anything that is good, the choices that I've made and the things that I was doing, that mistake, those transgressions just weighed so heavily that it could feel like a ton of bricks were on my chest. And that's exactly what sin does is it weighs you down. It makes you feel like you're shackled and you're chained and you have no way out. And I know that we've all felt this way. It's natural to feel this way, especially when you're desiring to live a life that is righteous and pleasing to Heavenly Father and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Uh, we definitely, as we're pursuing that righteous lifestyle and doing the best to change our behavior, to have a converted heart to the doctrine of Christ, um, we definitely can feel the weight of sin. And so that's what the gift of the atonement does for us is it gives us his grace. Now, grace, I've always kind of defined that and understood it to be spiritual strength. In the Bible dictionary, it says grace is a word that occurs often in the New Testament, especially in the writings of Paul. But the main idea of the word is divine means of help or strength given through the bounteous mercy and love of Jesus Christ. And I love that definition of grace because it's true. When we repent, we are given grace. I think also, too, is the process of repentance as with any doctrine or principle in the gospel, helps us to acquire the valiant and virtuous characteristics that we need to be able to be a disciple of Christ. For example, repentance is that rock that you toss into the pond. And so you toss that repentance rock into the pond by hitting your knees and talking to Heavenly Father and discussing with him exactly what you've done and feeling remorse. And then those ripple effects are the remorse, the humility, the meekness, the grace that comes from that, the blessings, etc., and so forth. And I, I find with any principle in the gospel, you're always being so rewarded through the obedience to these principles with all of these blessings, but most of all the acquisition of all of these spiritual talents and strengths that are given to you because you're trying so hard. You're giving your heart, you're giving your will over to Father and our Savior. And they definitely recognize that. Remember in the obedience podcast, we talked about how that obedience invites it bonds us to them and 
they are bonded to us. Exact obedience brings miracles into our lives. And so, you know, as we follow the process of repentance, you know, it depends on what you're repenting on. Repentance can be a sweet, sweet experience. And sometimes it can be a very long, painful experience. I know I read stories of people who have repented and that that experience has often been, uh, you know, their own Gethsemane their own sorrow, their own suffering, um, because sometimes it just has to get worse before it gets better. And uh, thankfully, the repentance process is genuinely engineered for us uniquely because we're all different, we're all unique, and the repentance process, you can rest assured that through our Lord Omnipotent, is going to help us to do it in the way that is most meaningful for us and so that it sticks. Elder Uchtdorf said, Godly sorrow inspires change and hope through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Worldly sorrow pulls us down, extinguishes hope, and persuades us to give in to further temptation. I love this quote from him because I find that really anything out in the world when it comes to definitions of things like sorrow, um, repentance, grace, it's not, it's satisfactory, but it's not fulfilling. It explains it, but it's not edifying. Whereas when you are in the gospel and you look up these words, So you use the Bible dictionary, you go to gospel topics, um, and you can pull definitions even from talks, you know, from our leaders, that their definitions are always so hopeful. They're always so loving, and they are always about helping us to focus on what's good, what's going to help us to feel good, so that we can feel the love of our Heavenly Father and Savior in our lives. That's just so, so important. And this is why I love the gospel. There's many good things. Make no mistake, I'm not saying that the world is one evil ball. There's a lot of good, wonderful things. After all, the world was created by our Savior, Jesus Christ. However, there's a lot of things out in the world, too, that are just simply contrary to the gospel of Christ. And that's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't like sometimes how the world likes to just kind of, you know, bring us down, whereas the gospel lifts us up. So, you know, sharing a personal experience from my life, when I came into the gospel in 2013, I had been out in the world for over 20 years, and um, I had acquired what I call a lot of yuck. So filth, Um, I had exposed myself to a lot of things. I had seen a lot of things. I had experienced a lot and I didn't handle it, let's say the gospel way, because I wasn't in the church at the time. And, um, you know, being raised in the church and then falling away, I always knew the church was true, but I just wanted to live life on my own terms. And I mean, I, it was really hard. And so when I got into the gospel, I remember after we were sealed, we were in the gospel for a year, going to church and everything. We were sealed in the temple. And then 
I wanted to get my patriarchal blessing and my temple recommend. So I went in to talk to the bishop and I love talking to the bishop because in my experience, uh, our bishops have always been very loving and a true representative of Christ. I do take very seriously and understand their role as their, they are my judge in Israel. And I know that they do try very hard to help, to be there, to give back spiritual guidance and feedback that's so needed. So I went and met with my bishop and, you know, I told him I wasn't sure if I am someone who can even get my patriarchal blessing or my temple recommend. And so he proceeded to ask me why, and I didn't go into details, but I gave him some generalities. And then after that, I just kind of held my breath. I really, honestly, when I went into the bishop's office, I really thought that he was going to say, there's just no redemption for you. And, you know, I thought he was going to take away the sacrament and, I just thought I was going to be in big time trouble. I really felt like I was in the principal's office, but I knew it was the right place to be and that I wanted to write my life and myself with the Lord. And so I had to take my lumps and bumps, so to speak. And you know what? These lumps and bumps are actually blessings to us when we handle it in the righteous way. I'll never forget how he took a moment and he just kind of looked away from me. My bishop did. And then I felt the spirit so strong in the office. And then he looked back at me and he said, you know, Stephanie, do you feel like you've repented fully and thoroughly for, you know, these issues? And I said, yes, because I had. After attending church and uh, having that very touching experience, um, during chapel time where the spirit of Christ just really worked on my heart. I had such a great desire within me, my whole being to just write things with the Lord and start pushing forward in the gospel. And so when he asked me if I had, I could genuinely say that I had been working on that and, and, and repenting and talking it through with my heavenly father through the power of prayer. And that's when my bishop looked at me and he says, you know, you have nothing to worry about. You're good. And from here on out, just do the best you can to live the gospel and come talk to me anytime. Man, when I walked out of that bishop's office, I can't tell you just how free I felt. All of that weight that I was carrying around uh, just lifted from hearing from my bishop that I was okay and that I was good and that my heavenly father loved me, that he, my savior loved me and that they had forgiven me and that I could now move forward and, and really engage and embrace the gospel. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that's what repentance does for us is it lifts that weight and burden of sin. I mean, transgression and sin is such a heavy weight. And I know there was a time I remember in my life that, I just, it was so heavy that I felt like I couldn't even wake up in the morning. I couldn't even walk around. I couldn't even breathe. And I was suffering so much. And when I had left that 
bishop's office and I had walked away, I, I honestly felt so light and so wonderful. I was surprised I was not floating home. So, you know, for me, that was such a wonderful experience and it'll always be a very important memory for me as I developed my testimony and conversion to repentance. And so I, you know, I live this principle diligently in my life and I'm so grateful for my Savior who gave me that opportunity, that path to be able to return home. Elder Oaks says, because of God's plan and the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can be cleansed by the process of repentance. So true. You know, I've experienced this several times in my life, and I believe that those that are listening have too. And 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Behold, he offereth himself a sacrifice for sin to answer the ends of the law unto all those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and unto none else can the ends of the law be answered. Only Christ could come down and pay our debts. Only someone like him could ransom himself for us to be cleansed of the scarlet that can color our lives. For he, through his sacrifice and love, can make us pure again. In 1 Nephi chapter 10, verse 18, it says, For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the way is prepared for all men from the foundation of the world, if it so be that they repent and come unto him. It's so reassuring to know that they don't change. They're gods. They're omniscient. They're perfect. They know all. They're all wise. They're all knowing. They're all loving. And because they're all those many wonderful, majestic things, characteristics, people, gods, they have provided us a very straight and narrow path, but a path nonetheless. I've often contemplated as we read about the vision that Lehi had. And it talks about that path being straight and narrow. Why does it have to be so straight and narrow? Because it has to be clear, concise, and there's one way, one path home, and there's no budging. So any time that we step off that path, we are given the divine power of repentance. And we can jump right back on. There is nothing that you or I could do that is going to put us off in the Lord. Unless we don't repent. Now, of course, there's maybe two very egregious sins that are unforgivable. But even then, I just don't go there because that's something that wouldn't apply to me. And I'm sure it wouldn't apply to a lot of us. But no matter how much you've done, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how much you've experienced and kind of acquired your own yuck in life, through repentance, 
you can be made free. There is nothing in the world, nothing, that would give you that kind of freedom and liberty in your life. And this is what you get when you're in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is beautiful. It is wonderful. And it feels so good. I wanted to read just a few uh, verses from a hymn. It says, Come unto Jesus, he'll ever heed you. Though in the darkness you've gone astray, his love will find you and gently lead you from darkest night into day. This is what our Savior does for us. He loves you so very much. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every worry of your heart. He knows every thought. He knows exactly who you are. And he knows who you're going to become. And he is always there for you. Let us always be humble, teachable, and willing to pray to our God, to find direction, and to be forgiven, that we may utilize the gift of repentance in our life to be free, to know that we can make it home, that we can return with honor. President Russell M. Nelson says, To repent from sin is not easy, but the prize is worth the price. I love that quote because it's just, it's so true. When you really look at the eternal consequences of repentance and how it can bless your life and bless your family's lives, uh, the example that you give to those around you, I know with my children, my nephews and nieces, and even my siblings and my parents, when I demonstrate uh, humility and forgiveness, when I give forgiveness, even when it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It doesn't matter if the issue is more important. Sometimes we can feel that way, that the issue is more important, but it's not. What's more important is that we can work through our conflict in a manner and in a way that we can be loving and talk it through, be respectful and loving of each other. Exercising repentance puts us in the arms of safety. No faith unto repentance exposes us to the whole law of justice. And so this is where we pick. I pick the arms of safety. I choose to go home. And I want everything that they have to offer. I want everything that they've taught us. And I want to go and return to live again with my father in heaven and my mother in heaven. I want to live with the Savior and I want to be with my family eternally, forever. President Russell M. Nelson also says, Make your focus on daily repentance so integral to your life that you can exercise the priesthood with greater power than ever before. And that's such a great point because we need to have repentance in our lives so that we can fulfill our callings. You know, I'm a primary teacher. I'm a ward missionary. 
Um, my husband holds the priesthood. And in order to fulfill these callings, we have to be close to the Spirit. In order to have a gospel-centered home, we have to be close to the Spirit. Especially right now, we're still in quarantine. It seems like it's been going on for weeks. Um, you know, if my husband didn't have the priesthood, he couldn't give us the sacrament on Sundays. And oh, how I would miss the sacrament. I love the sacrament. It helps me to be washed clean and be anew for that following week. And I believe in it wholeheartedly. And so for him to be able to exercise that priesthood so that we can have the sacrament in our lives and the blessings and all the attendant wonderful miracles that can happen in our lives because of his priesthood and his holding the priesthood worthily, we have wonderful, wonderful blessings in our lives. And so part of his worthiness for the, you know, exercising the priesthood is that constant and quick repentance, the praying to Heavenly Father. I hear him pray and he'll ask Heavenly Father to help him, to help him be the son that he wants him to be, to live the gospel in his life, to be charitable. And whatever other weaknesses he feels that he may have, he's asking and inviting the Lord's grace into his life. And when he does something that is unpleasing to, uh, you know, Heavenly Father, or he knows that it's wrong, as he's been taught in the gospel, uh, he does quickly repent. And I so much appreciate that about him. You know, seeing him do that has really, I love him. But I love him so much more. Um, he's a great example to me. He's a, he gives me a lot of reminders and just his example what he does. And it's so nice to be with someone who I know that we're in this gospel together, shoulder to shoulder. And I do understand that everybody's situation is different. Um, these are just simply the blessings that I'm sharing with you. And just please remember, I've been married three times. My first two husbands were in the gospel. And I actually never thought that I would be able to be in the gospel again here on this earth and have a husband that held the priesthood. And even those, the, those were my greatest desires, and Heavenly Father heard them because, boy, did He give it to me in spades. But I recognize that everybody's situation is different. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that don't give up hope. Don't give up faith. Heavenly Father blesses us when we are obedient and when we exercise the principles of the doctrine. And He uniquely blesses us because we're all different. We're all unique in our own way, in our own path, in our own life story. And so we can trust Him. And that repentance keeps us where we need to be with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, so that we can have that guidance, that protection, and the inspiration. You know, even doing this podcast, I have to be very close to the Spirit. So I'm working very hard at it daily. I'm very aware of the things that I'm listening to, the uh, shows that I watch, um, the things that I see, how I interact and behave with those that are in my community, that are in my ward. You know, am I helping? Am I being of service? Am I being a good ministering angel? But here again, I caution because I think that we do this a lot in the church. Do not overwhelm yourself. It's a beautiful gospel and an order of the church because it gives us many opportunities to practice the gospel. But that doesn't mean we do everything at once. And we don't want to overwhelm ourselves because we don't want to use the gospel to push us away from the gospel. And I hope you understand what I'm saying here. <sighs> Repentance is 
everything to me. And, you know, recently we've had some issues within our family and, uh, you know, as I've worked through the process of repentance, you know, and being willing to say, I'm sorry, being willing to reach out and love, being willing to talk it through, you know, that's what's helped hold our family together. If we were unwilling to repent, to give forgiveness, to talk things through and be loving and kind, to be patient and long-suffering, families just wouldn't be able to stick together. And it's all of these many characteristics and more that is taught in the gospel that keeps families together. Because families, again, I truly believe this, is a schooling. It's our education. It's the first place that we are going to learn Christ-like love and charity. I have a friend that I met uh, when he came out here on a mission, and he's going to share his story. And his name is Cody Hull, a great missionary. When he came here, I was immediately drawn to him, just a lot of love and tender affection. I just adore him. But he's taken the time to bear his testimony about repentance and to share his story. So that's going to be coming up next. And uh, I just, again, appreciate you guys joining us. So here's Cody. Hey, guys. My name is Cody. Um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and uh, I do pest control for a living. I met Stephanie as a missionary serving in Ventura, California about four years ago. Uh, she's asked me to talk a little bit about repentance and how that, how that has helped my life. Um, I just want to talk about what kind of led me to repent. Um, obviously, I was, you know, I had to do something wrong to repent. Um, I uh, I didn't want to serve a mission, and I really didn't have. I was not very enthusiastic about church. About sixteen, you know, fourteen, somewhere in that range, and it was kind of like a slippery slope. Um, I went around doing stuff I shouldn't have. Um, I wasn't going to church. You know, I very felt like um, the prophet uh, Alma the Younger could, you know, him and I were pretty similar. You know, he went around doing terrible things, you know, leading people away from church, persecuting the, the members of the church, all this stuff. And, and I felt like I could relate to the guy. But um, before I go into, you know, what, what helped me repent... Um, I just want to read from Alma 36, uh, 19 through, you know, 20. And, you know, Alma is talking to his son, Helaman, and telling him about his experience and what made him change. You know, he was doing all these horrible things, and he realized he was doing these horrible things, and he didn't want to be in the presence of God, and he was scared, but he caught up on a thought about what his father taught him about Jesus Christ. And this is what happened. And now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was hollowed up by this memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as my pain. You know, and for me, <clears throat> when Alma made that change, that pain and those, those doubts and everything went away. And he was blessed and he was forgiven. You know, my story, I have three, uh, I guess, seeds, as you would, 
that helped me come closer to God, that helped me change my mind and helped me repent and, and go serve a mission. And, and by doing that, it has blessed the rest of my life. Um, you know, I guess seed one would be, I wasn't going to church for a while. Um, I would go to church dances often. I liked the dances. I liked the girls. Um, but beyond that, I wouldn't go to church. Um, one Sunday, my priest quorum called me up and said, Hey, where are you at? And I obviously said I was home, because I was. Um, didn't think anything of it. They hung up the phone. Ten minutes later, the whole priest quorum was at my front door. Um, they shared the lesson with me that day. I don't remember anything from the lesson other than this one part that my friend Shane um, said. And it was, uh, he read a scripture from Isaiah 1, uh, 18, and it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, through your sins, be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, and that resonated a lot with me, you know. At the time, I was doing a lot of stupid stuff and not keeping the commandments of the Lord and... You know, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I, I got to the point where I felt sorry about it, but it was definitely in the forefront of my mind. Um, for a bit, I had another seed. You know, this was probably like a couple years later. Um, definitely hadn't been going to church then. I went deeper into my stuff that I was doing. And I went over to my best friend's house named Chris, and he wasn't a member at the time. In fact, he was pagan, which was really interesting. And we're just talking and cutting up, and I think we're playing video games. And now the blue, he asked me, you know, Cody, when was the last time you, you've been to church? And I said, I don't know, it's been a while. He says, you're kind of a jerk when you don't go. And that really hit me hard. You know, here it is, my friend who's not really religious. And here he's saying, hey man, you, you should go back to church. I like you better when you were going back to church. And I, I guess I could say that kind of hurt a little bit, but it, it was really eye-opening for me. You know, I had a couple other things, you know, like you hear scriptures like the apostle Saul becomes Paul, you know, those kind of individuals who've done really bad things and they changed their lives and came closer to Christ. You know, moving forward, even a couple more years after that, you know, my mom would always try to get me to go to church, and she would make me go, um, and she would always ask me about missions, and there would always be a fight about it, and it was a very negative thing, and I just didn't want to talk about it. In fact, there was, there was a lot of nasty fights about it, but I felt really impressed this uh, particular year to watch General Conference, and this was the General Conference that the age change happened. So I was about uh, 18 years old when this came out, but I was still a junior in high school. And, uh, you know, Thomas S. Monson came out with the change, and I just felt really impressed that I, I needed to go serve a mission. You know, my mom and I were sitting there on the couch, and we were uh, just listening. And she just asked the question, you know, Cody, do you, do you want to serve a mission? And I just looked at her. Um... <clears throat> With tears in my eyes, and I was like, yes, this, yes, mom, this is something I should go do. Um, we bawled, of course, and from that moment on was the turning point of my life. 
course, I went to the bishop and told him all the things that I that I had done, and that I needed to to repent so I can go serve a mission. So I spent the next year. It was a very hard year too, just trying to do what was right and pick up the pieces, and um, going through that process. Uh, once that process was through. I was able to put in my papers, and I obviously got called to the Ventura, California mission and, and served an honorable mission. Um, full two years. I loved every minute of it. Really came closer to God and got to know myself better spiritually. Um, yeah, it's helped me a lot since I've been home. It hasn't been easy. In fact, um... There was a point within the last couple months that I was thinking about turning away again just because of I was tired of waiting on the blessings. And, you know, it was like, Lord, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I read scriptures, going to church, trying to fulfill my callings. I'm tired of it. I've been dating people. At this point in my life, I was ready to get married and stuff. And it just wasn't happening. And, um,. Fortunately, my wonderful wife wife came into my life and helped me to stay on the path that I need to be on. But the point of all this was you can't you can't give up. Um, no one's too far gone. You can always repent. Um, I really loved what President Nelson said this last conference about the Lord loves effort. I really glad he said that i think the general conference before that was you know or the last couple of years have been try you know just try to do your best try to keep the commandments and if you do so you'll be blessed and and i believe that and i believe as we seek good and do the lord's will that you know we're going to be filled with with peace joy and happiness and, and i feel like that's true and it has been in my life and you know i'm grateful that these seeds were planted in my life that helped me lead to, to repentance and putting forth an effort. And if there was one thing I could say is just try. Try and do your best because the Lord's going to recognize that and you're going to feel those things. And you're going to feel his love. And I'm really grateful for the gospel and for just real people. That's what the gospel really is, just people people trying to do good and be like Christ and you know you can do it keep moving forward and you know the Lord loves you yeah thanks for this opportunity Stephanie Cody you're so welcome and thank you for doing that for us I really appreciate hearing your story I've always thought that you're an excellent missionary I just love you to death and your faith on repentance is just so touching. It actually gave me goosebumps. Um, and that's Cody Hall coming from Tennessee. I just wanted to close by sharing a couple of things by the prophet and then a scripture. Uh, President Russell M. Nelson says, true repentance is not an event. It is a never ending privilege. It is fundamental to progression and having peace of mind, comfort, and joy. That is so true. Nothing but truth coming from our prophet. And then we have Moroni 10, verses 32 through 33. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him, 
and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. And again, if ye be by the grace of God are perfect in Christ, and deny not his power, then are ye sanctified in Christ by the grace of God, through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is in the covenant of the Father, unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. Just beautiful. I love the scriptures. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Remember, you can reach out or follow me on Instagram at LDSRPRL podcast. And you can also reach out to me through email, all spelled out LDS real people, real lives at gmail.com. Remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next time, stay healthy, stay faithful, stay hopeful. And God bless.